Well, good morning. Um, it's really lovely to be here today and to um, be able to share with you something that um, I really hope is helpful and um, can really assist you. Um, I think whenever you're asked to speak, there's always a weight that you carry. And so this morning there feels to be a little bit of a weight that's that's within me. But in thinking and praying and really um, trying to see where we're at as a community of Coast Community, I just really hope that today is, um, is helpful. I do just want to just acknowledge um, this morning just probably because I have the mic and it's not often that I get this, but um, I just wanted to really honour this morning um, Kevin Kell um, for your leadership um, for us over this season. Um, in thinking about what we've been going through as a global community, um, I'm just so honoured for the um, that you two have led us, that you've led us in a way that has responded to the situation rather than reacting, and that you've continually pointed us towards Jesus. And I really want to thank you for that. And also, I know that Amy, Sam and Matt, that you're here today too, and I know that it's been a big deal for you guys as a family, and that's not lost on us, so thank you for that. And uh, McGuinness, I know that he's at Bensville, and Jeff, thank you for leading each of our sites as really well as you possibly could have, because it's very difficult to leave a campus when we're not out of campus, um, but thank you for that. And Pete, for your stepping in and everything that you're doing here at Tumby, it, it's amazing. And the rest of the leadership uh, ministry team, so there's Brad and Nick, Karen and Aidan, there's Candice and Steph and Matt and Maddie. I don't think I've missed anyone. I was really nervous about missing someone from the MLT. But um, from an eldership perspective, we are just so thankful for you guys and thankful for the way that you have partnered with us in this time. That was a really long intro, so I'm sorry. But I just thought it was really important that we acknowledge um, where we're at and what's been happening I don't think it's a coincidence that this week on Thursday that we had Are You OK Day and World Suicide Prevention Day as we've kind of stepped into this week about speaking and talking about our mental health and well-being. And I really um, believe that it's followed on so well from Keith last week about talking about where we are where we are at with our emotional health and often our mental health and our emotional health are so linked together that at different times it's hard to separate them but what we've been able to do is really look at those parts of us that we are really needing to connect with our God and seeing where we can enlarge our capacity. And so thank you, Keith, for your wisdom last week. I, um, I've been thinking all week around stewarding my emotions. I thought that was really significant, so thank you for that. I do have to say, though, every time I preach the last 18 months, I've always followed Keith. <laughs> so I'm not sure whether that's because um, no one else is brave enough to do it, but um, I, um, I count it an honour, Keith, to be able to um, come after you, but also to hear from you. So thank you. You know, what's beautiful about the narrative of Scripture is that we um, have these beautiful pictures of people's lives. And whilst throughout our Bible, we don't have diagnoses of mental health and ill health, um, kind of explicitly place on someone's life, what we can see through their story is at different times their struggles. 
You see, if we look at Job, he experienced significant grief and loss that was compounded in a very short period of time. He had the death of his children, the loss of his business and ongoing physical health concerns that would have actually impacted him incredibly significantly. We saw beautiful Hannah who was distressed to her soul because of her disappointment of not being able to bear children. She wouldn't even eat or drink. We know poor old Noah struggled with alcohol use and misuse and that Elijah was afraid and paranoid due to the threats on his life that he even asked the Lord to take his own life. David was so distressed that he cried out to God to save him from the depths of his pain and his hurt. He wasn't able to eat and he even spoke of the fact that his tears were his food. Jesus himself experienced such significant stress and distress that he actually had a condition where he um, was so worried and anxious and overwhelmed to the point that the sweat glands in his, in his face, I would imagine, broke so that blood came through. And Paul was beaten, experienced relational discord with his friends and missionaries in the faith. He survived a shipwreck and an assassination attempt and then he was put in jail. Any of those things would have caused significant stress and distress even if he just went through one of them. And just like these people that walked before us throughout the narrative of Scripture, there will be times in our own life when we will have to experience some really great distress. So good morning and welcome to church. <laughs> so glad you're all here. Please don't turn me off. Please don't flick the channel. This morning what I really want to concentrate and look at for us today is just around this continuum of mental health and I just want to honour the fact this morning that you may be someone who, has, um, who is currently experiencing significant um, mental ill health. And so today is, um, is, is not about, um, I guess, that part of it for you because um, I can understand that stress and distress that you are feeling at the moment. And I want to really honour that today, that today isn't to go into the depths of those kind of things for you. And my hope and my prayer is that if that's you at the moment, that you are feeling as though that your God is with you and that you're connected around people and know that you can actually step through this. But this morning what I want to kind of look at is, is around this continuum of mental health. Um, and so by doing that firstly, what I want to do is... The last couple of weeks at work I've had to do technology and I've ruined so many Zoom meetings. So I'm not surprised this is happening this morning. Oh, here we go. I'm not sure what I'm doing wrong. I just couldn't see it, sorry, it's not up there. There you go, did you read that really quickly? That was, that was everything this morning. <laughs> sorry, I thought it was up there, but it's gonna be there. Okay, easy. This is a mental health continuum. It's not a very cool slide and it's not a very cool thing to kind of look at, but it's one of my most favorite things to have um, here in order when I talk about mental health and well-being because what it shows us is that our mental health and well-being is not something that is static. It's actually quite flexible. So at different times in our lives, we're going to experience different parts of mental ill health and well-being. 
you might be at the point today where you are in a place of mental wellness. So you're feeling as though that you're able to connect and engage and be able to do exactly what you want to do in day-to-day life. For some of you, you might be in that middle space where you have a mental health concern. And that part of you is where there's things that are happening in your life that are quite challenging, quite overwhelming at different times, but they're not impacting upon you to the point where you are not able to do what you're wanting to do every day. And then the top part of the continuum is all around mental illness. And so that's when someone, it has to be a doctor, um, has diagnosed you with a mental health condition. So generally those are the things around anxiety, depression, post-traumatic stress disorder. For some people it might be a significant mental illness such as psychosis or schizophrenia. But what we were doing is is that there's been a, a set of symptoms that you have been experiencing for longer than two weeks. That means as though that you have been diagnosed with a mental illness. But what's really important about this and why I really in, like talking about mental health in this way is that it's, it's not a static state. So if I am in a mental um, ill health space, that doesn't necessarily mean that's where I'm going to stay. Throughout my life, I'm going to step up and step down due to what I might be experiencing. And I hope that that allows us to see things in a way where we can start to understand that generally within our lives, there's not one reason for mental ill health. It's generally got to do with our circumstances, our ongoing experience, what trauma we have gone through, our own personality vulnerabilities, and also our family history of mental illness. And so if we're actually able to see those things as a combination to what's happening within our lives, we're going to have a really good perspective on what is happening for us. The challenge with our mental health concerns is that often it's not that when we're walking around like we would with a broken arm and a broken leg that you can see it directly with your eyes. It's often hidden under the surface and there's generally different things that are contributing to that. In 2017, the Australian Institute of Family Counselling conducted some research into the mental health and well-being of Australian churches. And what was most interesting to me from this um, research study was that the picture of them of people within the church with mental health exactly mirrored the the mental health conditions and the mental health um, experience that we see within our society. There's no difference between what's happening inside the church as what's happening outside of the church. So what this research found and what we know and what I know from my work, that one in five Australians are diagnosed with a mental health condition. So that's at that top end of that continuum. That one in four young people will struggle with their mental health and usually have their first episode of distress prior to the age of 14. Young people are engaging in non-suicidal self-injury and men are less likely to engage with help due to feelings of shame in relation to mental health. There's no difference between what's happening inside our four walls than what's happening outside of our four walls. And I don't actually believe that that's something that we need to be worried about or even ashamed about in that sense of what's actually happening for us. 
But what it gives us a really deep understanding of is the fact that when we are struggling as a community, that we are all struggling together. And there are ways in which that we as the church can actually lead the way in being able to support, care and provide hope for those people, not only inside our four walls, but outside of our four walls around the hope that Jesus gives us. We want to be able to enlarge our capacity around our own mental health and well-being so that we are actually ready to step in and engage in what God is doing with us. And for those of us who might be struggling with a mental health condition, being really aware of the fact that that does not count us out of what God is doing, that we can actually still be used by our great God in order to do what he's doing. We can be people who make disciples who make disciples. So if we look at, um, at the moment within our, within our society, what we generally have are two mental health conditions that are diagnosed most, um, most of the time. And they're generally anxiety and depression. And so what I just want to quickly go through for us this morning is just around what are the symptoms that people might be experiencing And it's a little bit different, I guess, to the way that maybe we've thought about mental health before. But what we really need to understand is that mental health and uh, well-being is is so important for us to be aware of because it's a change of behaviour. So if we can look at our behaviour as a way in which how we gauge how we're actually doing with things, because when you go to a doctor and a doctor, you might be sharing what's happening for you, what they are looking for you and what they are encouraging you to do is looking at these symptoms. And it's really hard for us to actually recognise what's happening for us. And I do just want to preface it by also saying that we are, um, I don't know if you know, we're in this thing called COVID-19. So our capacity to manage our own mental health and well-being has been significantly impacted by what's happening with us around us. So if you start to notice a couple of things within your own life as we just go through what some of these symptoms are, it's not to go to panic stations, but it start, it's just giving you an opportunity to be able to engage with what possibly could be happening for you in that space. So if we look at anxiety, what we know about anxiety is that it's a feeling of worry or nervousness, unease, and it's usually about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. It's a nervous disorder characterised by the state of excessive uneasiness and apprehension, typically within compulsive behaviour or panic attacks. So when we look at anxiety, it's a bit of an overarching term and underneath there is certain diagnoses like social anxiety, um, OCD, it might be around a panic disorder. Anxiety is when fear takes over your mind and fear moves from the tangible from the tangible to the hypothetical. Anxiety is when the what-ifs of life suffocate your brain. It's when your mind won't turn off. It's when your chest is tight, your breathing is shallow and your head is dizzy. Anxiety is mental and it takes place in the realm of your mind. It can cause people not to eat, sleep, isolate from others and disengage from daily activity. It impacts upon the way that we feel. And if we look at depression and the 
and I guess the symptoms that are there. It is a severe despondency and dejection, typically felt over a period of time and accompanied by feelings of hopelessness and inadequacy. Grief, lament, pain and suffering are not bad emotions, but when it stretches out for long periods of time, two weeks or more. Depression is where sorrow is the way of life and you're sad for no reason at all. When no matter how hard you try, write and, w and work, you can't pull yourself out of a bad mood. When you are tired all of the time and life is really horrible. Depression can cause people not to eat, sleep, isolate from others and disengage from daily activity. It is emotional and it infects and ruins the realm of the soul. See, if by having an understanding of what each of these um, behaviours are and mental health conditions are, what we are actually able to see is how in which we can start to manage and work through enlarging our capacity when we feel those vulnerabilities come along. It can be really difficult at times to do what we need to do in order to feel as though that we can contribute. But what we really want to look at is to be able to see what it hinges on for us is those changes of behaviour. And these symptoms in the changes of behaviour will actually indicate whether we step up or step down across that continuum of mental health. So that flexibility that we see depending on our life experience is really, really important. You see, what we really want to be able to do is learn to be able to manage those feelings and learn to be able to manage the way that we feel so that regardless of what we are feeling and what we are going through, that we are still able to have a perspective that I can follow Jesus and do what he wants me to do. When I reflect on my own life and at times where I have moved up and down that spectrum of mental health, what has been really apparent to me is the fact that at different times in my life, things have seemed very bleak. There, there were times where I felt to see hope and I struggled to see purpose. There was a difficulty for me to maintain activity and connection. And it usually is a long process that we have to go along in order to start to recognise what we're doing and how we can actually move towards health. There were days in which that I felt very uncomfortable with lots of crying and very upset. And part of the process for me was around having to sit in that distress. It was really difficult not to push away the feelings and allow them to be there. And I really wish that there was a way that I could say I did these six things and this is how I stepped out of those challenging times. But what I think that it is, it's around having a perspective that I can still do what God has called me to do, even in the midst of that challenge, even in the midst of that change of behaviour or those symptoms that are impacting what's happening. And I think there's four things that we can be really aware of when we're stepping into that space and being able to remind ourselves of what's going on for us so that we can still engage in what God is doing. So the first one that I really believe that we want to look at today is to remember whose you are. Even though that you may be struggling, I want to encourage you today that you have a God in heaven who is your God. He is the same God who was God to Job, Hannah, Elijah, Paul. He is the one that knows exactly what they went through and knows exactly what you are going through. 
whilst remembering that we are a child of God and how much he loves us may not change the circumstance or our mental ill health, what it will do is allow us to remember the God of the universe who is with us. In Isaiah 43, it says, But now this is what the Lord says, He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your steed. And since you are precious and honoured in my sight, and because I love you. He is the same God who walks with you in the good and the not so good. He will hold you when you pass through the waters, the fires and the rivers. He will even be the same God that holds you during a global pandemic. Even though your thoughts and your feelings may tell you something different, the truth of whose you are and who you belong to never ever changes. Our great God views us with deep compassion and love. I really would love to encourage you maybe today to go through your Bible, to read some scripture and really maybe determine what are some of the things that you believe that God is speaking to you about and write them down. Have them as your lock screen on your phone this week or whatever it might be for you so that you can actually remember who you are. We're not very good at remembering at times as people who we are and whose we belong to. And if we can make it a daily practice or habit around what we can do, around remembering whose you are, I think that that's really, really helpful. The second thing I just want to encourage us to do is to be comfortable in our discomfort. When we're struggling with our own mental health and well-being, we often experience deep and painful feelings. We often feel sad, mad, bad, distressed, upset and worried. And these thoughts and feelings are really not nice. And they cause us to feel things that we don't like. And most of the time, we as people, what we do is we push these feelings away because they're not comfortable for us to experience. We want to distract ourselves to the point where if I don't feel what I'm feeling, then it's not going to be as bad. We might watch a whole season of something on Netflix or try to sleep or use people or substances to help us feel better. But I really believe that if we can learn to sit in our distress or better known as sitting with our feelings that we don't like, that we can grow to know the truth of who we are. And we can also know that, the, that our feelings come and they go and they don't hold the same weight that at times we think that, we, that they do. If we can name and identify that feeling, that unsettling thought, then what we learn to do is manage our distress. And by doing that, what I really believe that we want to be able to do is to pray those feelings away. And what I mean by that is that we pray them to our great God so that he knows exactly what we're feeling. By praying to him and giving him what we're feeling, what we are doing is we are learning to step into what it means to trust him in all circumstances and to trust him in all of our feelings. 
Philippians 4, 7 to 9 says, Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understandings, will guard your hearts and minds. Praying our feelings and our thoughts is not a flippant palm off around what we should do as Christians, but it's a way of living free so that we are not defined by our feelings. So often our feelings and our thoughts can be incredibly unhelpful. And then when they become unhelpful and these strong emotions come up, we often react rather than respond. We say hurtful things or behave in a way that is not in alignment for what God is doing within us. So if we have to learn to sit in that pain and distress by praying those things to God, what we know is that we will be able to live away even in that pain that is honouring to him. King David knew this about our thoughts and our feelings and he prayed to God in Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. If we are able to do what our, like warrior King David, pray this prayer, that we know that he knows our hearts and our thoughts and that then he will lead us in the way everlasting, what we're going to be able to do is grow and enlarge our capacity to be able to manage what's happening for us. Thirdly, I think that we need to challenge the unhelpful thoughts and feelings. Once we learn to recognise and name those thoughts and feelings that are uncomfortable or cause us to feel something that we don't like to feel, what we're able to do is start to that way forward to engage in our mental health and wellbeing. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 10, For although we live in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh, since the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but are powerful through God for the demolition of strongholds. We demolish arguments and every proud thing that has raised up against us, against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. This passage really clearly tells us how we are able to challenge and manage those thoughts that are uncomfortable for us, and it's about taking it captive to obey Christ. I often think of it in terms of recognising the unhealthy the unhelpful thought, challenging it and repeat as much as needed until we're able to change that thought. All of us are aware of some of those unhelpful thoughts that we have. They are often negative and upsetting and they generally overwhelm us. When we ruminate on those unhelpful thoughts, what's happening for us is that it becomes unhelpful and they cloud the everything that we see. By recognising it, taking it captive challenging it, we're actually able to start to rewire our brains and bring, a, bring us to a place where our thoughts and feelings do not define who we are. My very favourite, John Mark Comer, puts it this way, when we fight the enemy in the area of the mind, we take back control of the mental patterns and thoughts. We push our thoughts and imaginations out of the ruts of worry and anxiety and lust and doubt and onto the path of trust and hope, purity and faith. That's really what I would love for all of us to have is the ability to put our thought life back on the path of trust, hope, purity and faith. 
it is really, really hard to change the way that we think. I don't stand up here today saying that in a flippant way either because trying to do that and being able to rewire the way that we think is incredibly challenging. But I just thought I would give you a little example of how it might look for you this week if you're thinking about different things. So if I have a thought that comes into my mind and it usually is around I'm pretty disappointed with the way things are in my life, doesn't seem to work out the way that I would like it to, it's all a little bit too hard. There are often vulnerabilities or thoughts that I can fall into quite easily. And the first option that I can step into and engage in is around I give into that thought. I think about it and I let it sit in my mind. I think about all the ways that my life has not worked out the way that I want it and then I start to predict those ways that it probably won't continue to work out. I find all the evidence that I can in order to de determine that that thought is real and active and that's the way that it's going to be. And then often what happens is that I step into that space of feeling quite hopeless, quite sad, you get a little bit overwhelmed and then you start that process again because you might go to bed or you might wake up and then it all just happens again. So that's the first option of the way in which that I can think. The second option is, is that I can recognise that thought. I can say that I can recognise right here and right now that I'm having a thought about disappointment. And I can say to myself, Mel, this thought isn't very helpful. It doesn't encourage me to look towards the, the day w with the future hope that God is going to do all that he said that he's going to do. I can think about it and remember that the God of the universe is still the God of my life. And no matter what it looks like, that the thoughts and the feelings don't mean that it's necessarily true. I say that to myself as many times as needed in order to start to reframe and rechange that thought so that it doesn't become the holding thought. By ignoring it, I'm not doing anything active to change it. But by thinking about it and reframing it and bringing it to the God of the universe, then what I'm able to do is, is start to challenge it. It takes every ounce of faith and energy to practice changing our thoughts. I often say to people when I'm working with them is that changing our thoughts is the hardest thing we can ever do. But I really believe that it's the key to changing the way that we think about ourselves and enhancing our mental health. The ways in which that we can really challenge and recognise these thoughts is really around taking those thoughts and realigning them across to what scripture says. If we're not able to do that, then what we're doing is we're not actually filling our minds with the things of what God is saying. If I just choose to change the thought by what I think, it's still not going to be the very best thought. But by being able to replace and put that hope of that thought into what the Word of God says, I'm really going to be able to change what I am doing. Colossians 3 says, Set your minds on things above and not on earthly things, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ. And in Philippians 4 it says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honourable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is anything moral or excellence and if there is anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. 
Do what you have learned and received and heard from me and seen in me and the God of peace will be with you. I just want to have a little tiny aside here just for a second is that for some of you today, you may not be resonating even in the fact that you might have these symptoms of anxiety or depression or just feelings of overwhelm. But I really think that there's something in this around having a greater capacity about our mental health and well-being in being able to recognise what we think about. That our thoughts have so much power in the way that we live our lives that you may be, be noticing within yourself that you have a vulnerability towards thinking about things that are not what that Philippians 4 verse says is true honourable, just and pure, that your thought life actually may be impacting the way in which that you are able to step into what God is doing. And if that's you today, it might be really worthwhile for you to take some time over the next week just to think about what is actually happening for your thoughts. What are the patterns that you are noticing when you do think about things and being able to start to recognise that pattern and then be able to take that thought captive and to change it. Because what we want to be able to do are people who are setting our minds on the things that are not of this world. That we are setting our mind on the things of what God has for us and who he is. Another really great way to do this, which can be a little bit challenging for us, particularly in the space where our gatherings are looking really different, but is worship in singing and in bringing our request to God through song or through however we express our worship, we were actually able to start to see a different perspective. King David said in Psalm 103, Praise the Lord, O my soul, and all my innermost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all of your sins and heals your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed by it like eagles. Being able to worship the God of the universe and being able to read his word are two of the best ways in which we can challenge those thoughts. And by being able to do that, whilst it's not a quick fix to any mental ill health or mental health condition, what it does is it builds within us that resilience to be able to manage and negotiate those, uncomf those uncomfortable things. Because even in discomfort, that does not count us out. Our life is not determined by our thoughts and our feelings, but our life is determined by, by the God of the universe who says that we are his and that he has called us and invites us to step into what he's doing. There's just a couple of little helpful hints that I just found, have found really helpful whilst we're doing um, some of those challenges and some of those things where just like Gary was sharing the other week around um, how we are how our, how our physical body is really important there is a really really strong link between our emotional and mental health and our physical health so if we're actually able to eat as well as we possibly can and do as much exercise as we can, we know that physically that can really help and impact the way that we 
um, that we are living. can be really hard when we're feeling quite down and sad um, to do some of these things, but it's often some of these really um, activating behaviours that can really help. Really want to encourage you guys to watch the caffeine, the sugar and the alcohol intake. It's not great for us when we're feeling good. So when we're feeling quite sad and down, it can really impact upon us in that way as well. Keep us connected as you possibly can. When we feel anxious or sad, our first point of call is to withdraw, to isolate, to not engage and not interact with those that we love the most. Just be aware of this and being able to notice if your behaviour changes in that way that it's really important to try to reconnect. I didn't put it up on the slide but it came um, to me yesterday when I was thinking. I also think it's important to watch our social media um, input into our lives day to day. I think over the next couple of years we'll start to see maybe some of the impact and some of the research around what social media, media might be doing. There's some good and some not so good. I'm not here to preach about that but I think it's really important that if you are feeling quite vulnerable that maybe turning it off or deleting the app from your phone for a period of time might be really, really helpful. Your GP, guys, is a really great place to get some support if you've noticed some change. If when I was reading through some of those symptoms or today you're starting to notice that there's been some changes in your behaviour, a really great way to get connected for some support is with your GP. And it might also be too around seeking some support with a professional. It's not something that you need to be afraid of. I can understand it can be really challenging to step into a space where you're vulnerable with someone, where you talk to someone about your thoughts, your feelings, your most innermost stuff. But our God has given us professionals that can help us in that space. And if that's where you need to be, there are ways in which that we can actually step into that. You may not need to do some of these things forever. It might just be around for that point when you're at that higher end of the continuum and then as you step down, things will look different. But I really just believe that if we're able to really think about some of these things today and maybe recognise where some of these vulnerabilities lie for each of us, that by recognising it and looking at how we can change things, that we can step into a different way of living. I just wanted to close just by reading, just reading a scripture over us today. Um, I really think that it's a really hard space, I guess, to try to pull in mental health and well-being into 40 minutes. At the moment at work, we're running a 10-week program that's nearly about 12 hours worth of information for people around mental health. So if we look at kind of how much there is to kind of get it into this kind of space here is... Um, is really important but I think if something has resonated with you I'd encourage you to maybe go and think about it there's some great resources around but I really really believe that there may not be a magic answer to mental ill health and well-being it doesn't just flick a switch when we follow Jesus that things change and it doesn't necessarily mean that we're doing the wrong thing if we do experience it but regardless of whether where we sit with our own mental health and well-being, we have an incredible God who loves us. And that is the most important thing that we can remember even in our most difficult and dark situations. 
even when we're feeling good and not so good. When the rains come and the fires come, the fact that we are still known and loved by God can make all of the difference in the sense of that our deep hope and trust in this is in Him. So for those of you today who are okay, I pray that this piece of scripture will just encourage your heart as you continue to contribute in the way that he is leading you to do. And for those of you today who are really, really struggling, who you really feel so disappointed and so saddened by the way that things in your life may be happening, you might be finding it so difficult being in this space of COVID-19 and not recognising or understanding why you feel the way that you feel. But I promise you today that there is a God in heaven who is right there next to you and he is with you and for you. And although you may feel as though that he is not there, that those feelings do not determine his presence in your life. Psalm 30 says this, I will exalt you, Lord, because you have lifted me up and have not allowed my enemies to triumph over me. Lord, my God, I cried to you for help and you healed me. You brought me up from Shiloh and you spared me from among those going down to the pit. Sing to the Lord, you faithful ones, and praise his holy name. For his anger only lasts for a moment, but his favour a lifetime. Weeping may stay overnight, but there is joy in the morning. When I was secure, I said, I will never be shaken. Lord, when you showed your favour, you made me stand like a strong mountain. When you hid your face, I was terrified. Lord, I called to you and I sought favour from my Lord. Where, what gain is there in death if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it proclaim your truth? Lord, listen and be gracious to me, Lord, my helper. You turn my lament into dancing and you remove my sackcloth and clothe me with gladness so that I can sing to you and not be silent. Lord, my God, I will praise you forever. Father God, I just pray right now that you would just be with every single person that has engaged in this this morning in whatever capacity that it looks like. Lord God, I pr thank you that you are the same God of Job and Elijah, Hannah and Paul. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you knew exactly what they went through in their difficulty and that you see each and every one of us, God, in our same difficulty. And I pray, Lord Jesus, for those people who may be struggling today with their own mental health and well-being. And I pray, God, that through through their trial, through their circumstance, through their hurt, Lord God, that they would remember that you are there with them, that they would remember, God, that no matter what comes towards them, that you are with them. I pray, Lord God, for those people who might be supporting those people who are struggling, and I ask, God, that you would give them an overwhelming sense of your compassion and empathy towards them. I pray, God, that you would sustain them because supporting someone in the midst of challenge can be challenging in itself. And Lord, for those people who are feeling as though today that they're doing okay, that they're feeling as though that they're managing to the very best of their ability, I pray, God, that they too would be reminded of the grace and the compassion that you have shown them in difficulty and that you still continue to show them when things seem a little easier. God, I pray that you would enlarge our capacity around our mental health and well-being so that we may be people who can step into all that you are. 
and all that you have for us. And I ask, Lord Jesus, that right now that you would continue to build your church, that you would continue to lead us in all of the ways in which that you would have us to go. I pray, Lord God, that through this and what's happening now, Lord Jesus, that your name would be praised, that people would come to know you, and that we would love you to the very best of our ability. In your name, Jesus, amen.